0: Today's scripture reading comes from the book of John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. This is the reading of God's Word. Uh, yeah, and it was kind of crazy getting to church here. No one expected uh, all these roads to be blocked off. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, maybe, maybe they're having a race or something, but. Um, I'm glad you guys were able to make it. I know there are a few people here who who weren't able to make it, but um, we're going to do a couple things today. Uh, The sermon today, I'm just kind of wrapping up this uh, four-week series on friendship. It's going to be short, and then I'm going to do a presentation of uh, a ministry that we're going to start for the church. It's an opportunity to kind of work out some of these things where you guys are, Uh, and then we have a few actually um, new members to recognize uh, in the church today, and so... A uh, lot to do today, and uh, unfortunately, like, not everyone can, can come. Actually, one of the new members couldn't make it today because of the roads. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what that is. But <clears throat> let me let me just try to wrap this up. So I've been spending a lot of time uh, talking about uh, friendships. Basically, friendships, what we're talking about is just deep connections, deep relationships where you can call someone a friend. But, you know, one of the things that we've always been saying is one of the hardest things to have, actually have good friends The way that Proverbs is talking about is is because we live in a culture today that um, is very strongly individualistic, right? Individualism, I get to decide what I want. I get to decide what I get to do with myself or my work. I'm the one in control. Um, It's a strong individualistic culture that we live in. We're very independent. It's oftentimes me, ultimately, at the end of the day, me, myself, and I, and the irony is that at the same time, as individualistic as our culture is, we still want, we still want friends, right? We, we still want friends. As independent that we like to be, as individualistic that people in our culture are or want to be, at the same time, we just can't shake the need for real friends. And I think maybe that's part of the struggle in finding the kind of friends that Proverbs has been describing. Because good friends, good relationships require interdependence. Not independence. Interdependence. That we depend on one another. A mutual dependency. And as individuals, we don't like being dependent all the time. We don't necessarily want to be the needy person. We, we don't want to uh, feel like we don't have our stuff in control and we have to rely on someone else. We, we don't like dependence. And so... I think there's a struggle here in some deep level. And so we oftentimes say this, well, you know, friends, they they come and go. Friends come and go. They're good for hanging out once in a while. They're good for a church, maybe. Um, They're good for a a golf partner, uh, a movie partner, maybe share a meal, kill some time. But friends come and go, but it's okay because I'm independent. As long as I have my family, as long as I have me, I'm good. Because after all, isn't that what's most important? But all along, as we've been looking at Proverbs in the past several weeks, it's telling us the very opposite. Good friendships aren't just important, they're more important than you think. Proverbs says that if you have good friends, they they can make you, or or if you lack of friends or bad friends, they could break you. The wisdom of Proverbs is saying You won't make it in life, especially the Christian life, without relationships like this. Because Christianity, in one sense, is all about friendships. That's what that passage was all about that Paul just read for us in John chapter 15. Here, Jesus is desperately trying to explain to them what he was about to do. And one of the things he says, in order to explain what he's going to do when he dies, is that he uses the conception of friendships. He says to his disciples, tonight, I no longer call you servants, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. So he's changing the relationship with his disciples. You're not just servants. He says, tonight I call you friends. So there's now an openness. There's a letting in into his life, right? And so he then says, now love one another as I love you. And how does Jesus love these people? He says, I am laying my life down for my friends. And suddenly, when Jesus Christ says that, the whole history of the world and the gospel can be understood in terms of friendship. This is how important the idea is. His idea of friendships are. He died for our friends. He died for friendship. He became intimate. He drew closer. He let them in. He said, I'm not calling you just uh, servants and and, and parishioners and members of my flock. You're my friends. He's never wanting to let them down. He always wants to be there. He wants to be connected with them, not just uh, socially, but emotionally, mentally. He he expects mutual vulnerability, a a mutual kind of dependence, that kind of friendship. Think about this. Um, Why is God so big on friends? Does God need friends? You ever think about this? Does, Does God need friends? If he says we need friends, does he need friends? And in one sense, he doesn't. But you know why? Because the Christian God is Trinitarian. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so there is a friendship in the Godhead. You see this? that the relationship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have been enjoying each other in the most intimate way, encouraging one another, loving one another from the very beginning of eternity. God himself is about friendships. He is friendships. And therefore, the reason why we can't shake off this need To have these kinds of relationships is because we were made in the image of that God, a God from eternity who is always in relationships like this. The metaphor of friendship is what God is, and he's then made us for these kinds of relationships. He's made us with friendship or friendship with him, and then he's made us for friendship with one another. Now you move over, and if you remember last week, we looked at Proverbs 27, 17, and the description that we looked at was this, a friend or a friendship relationship is like iron that sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens friend. Now I'm just going to wrap this up by talking about this to encourage ourselves for just a minute. Do you remember in the first sermon about friends, do you remember what we said about how we make friends? And what we said was that friends aren't made, they're oftentimes discovered. Uh, They're found. How? Because there's a foundation that you've discovered, a common affinity. A common affinity that both of you had. Remember the difference between lovers and friends? Lovers are two people who are looking at each other. Do you like me? Do, Do you like me? Right? But friends aren't looking at each other and asking, do you like me? Friends together are looking at the same thing, something else. A common affinity, a goal, a purpose. And so in the beginning, you all know this, maybe, maybe it was sports, it was a common affinity, it brought you together and it deepened the relationship. Maybe it was a common interest, a hobby. Maybe it was a similar humor, a sense of humor or personality. Maybe it was a vocation that you simply had to someone to relate with. There was something there that you discovered in a person that became the foundation of a strong friendship later on, right? But here's the thing. The question that I have, or the thought that I had was this. If that's how friends are made, doesn't this naturally mean that we gravitate towards people like us, right? If we find a common affinity, if we discover that relationship, doesn't that mean that we oftentimes gravitate towards people with similar views as us, similar ideas, maybe a similar demographic? Similar hobbies, similar interests, similar loves. We gravitate towards people like us. Is that what Jesus is trying to say? We're just going to be taken to people who are like us or who we like. And this is not, nas- this is not wrong, I'm not saying it's wrong. It's very natural and oftentimes happens this way. But we need to, as a church, be reminded of a couple of issues that might occur if we're not careful. Because guess what, in the church, There are people like you, but there are people not like you. There are people like you, but there are people different from you, different phase of life from you. In fact, completely opposite of you. And guess what? In the church, there are people you just don't like, fellow Christians you don't like. Raise your hand if there's a Christian that you know that you just don't like. Okay, just two. Right, the rest of you guys are liars, all right? You know, uh, there's people I don't like, I admit it. And there's Christians, Christians, fellow brothers and sisters, I don't like. And guess what? They don't like me either, all right? It, it, it's, it's, it's the nature of the church. It comes with the, the package. But if you would only gravitate to people like you, who, who like you or who you like, the danger that we have to be careful of is this, it's easy to become just a clique, right? It's easy to become just clickish. And I don't think that's the picture of church that Jesus had. So the second issue is this. You may gravitate towards people with the same affinity. That might start off this wonderful relationship that might grow into a beautiful friendship. But the second danger you have to be careful about is this. Things change. People change. People might seem like you, but then you realize now they're not so much like you anymore. Personalities could change. Or they're not what you thought it was. Phases of life change. You know, when you were single, you went to a church, oh man, there's so many singles here, it's wonderful. I can find community and friendship. But what happens, you get married. It's a little different now. But then you have married with children. Oh my goodness, that's a completely different ballgame. Phases of life change. Relationships change because of those things, right? It's different now. It's not the same. And so the danger that we have to watch is this. If friendships start with a common affinity, whatever that is, oftentimes what starts out as a common interest or affinity can disappear. And when that happens, if that what, is that what the friendship is based on, then friendships ultimately will not last. Here's what we need to remind ourselves as much as we talk about friends. The church, not just not other organizations, but the church is not a social club. Okay? But it's also not a place where you just get therapy of a spiritual kind. The church is the body and the bride of Jesus Christ, where its members belong. Only because Jesus Christ shed his blood, laid down his life for them, and called them friends. That at the root, I think, that at the root of every Christian should be the core of who he or she is. That's the church. And here's what I want to just remind ourselves If we want friendships, relationships that are deeper, broader, longer-lasting, you and I need an affinity, a common affinity, that's bigger than you. That's more than just you. And what you like or don't like. And think about this. For two people, when that affinity is Jesus Christ... When the deepest affinity you have is Jesus himself, if my deepest affinity is him, and he's also your deepest affinity, but in every other way, you and I are completely different, think about the kind of friendships that are possible. Think about the kind of friends you could make. How many different kinds of real friends you could make. Different in phase of life, different in vocation, different in hobbies, humor, interest, different even in perspectives, because of the one common affinity we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. John 15 reminds us of that. He says this We have the same Father. No matter how different, we still believe in the same Jesus. We have the same inheritance. We belong to the same home. We have the same spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And we're all headed to the same place. You know, the author of Hebrews chapter 12 says this: that you know, we ought to run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. You see this? There's an us here, not because we're looking at each other, but we're looking to Jesus Christ. There's a common affinity. The same goal. To fix their eyes, not on each other, but on him, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Okay? Now, then you look at Proverbs 27:17, and it comes along and it says, friends are like iron that sharpens iron. Now you know what that means. Look, it means this. You need friends that are like you. But you also need friends that are different from you. Different from you. And I know some of us are thinking, well, but we're so different. We're so different, we're going to have conflicts and disagreements and maybe even fights. Yes, maybe. But if the deepest affinity that we have is Jesus himself, if the main thing is Jesus Christ, if the main thing is faith, and you keep the main thing, the main thing, then guess what? It's not just conflict. It's not just disagreement. What is it? It's iron sharpening iron. Right? Uh, Let me quote this one author who describes Christian friends like this. He says this, quote, Biblical friendship exists when two or more people Bound together by common faith in Jesus Christ, pursue him and his kingdom with intentionality and vulnerability. Rather than serving as an end in itself, biblical friendship serves primarily to bring glory to Christ, who brought us into friendship with the Father. Friendship is indispensable to the work of the gospel in the earth and an essential element for what God has created us for. End quote. Now, let me ask you a question. Some of us, I I think many of us in this church, we have found ourselves hanging out, uh, fellowshipping with, worshipping with, friendshipping with even, with people who, without our church, outside this church, we probably would never have given time of day. Never. But because of the same church, because of the same faith, and even the same Jesus, We are doing all these things. If this is true, here's my question. Then why is it that when we hang out casually, when we regularly meet up, some of us, when we go out and hang out and and to do whatever, do we ever hardly talk about Jesus and our shared faith? Our walking together, Do we have to wait for the next retreat? Do you have to wait for the next community group? Or the next Bible study or prayer meeting or whatever it is to really get to these things? If Jesus is our mutual, common, deepest affinity, if it's our deepest affinity, why is it that outside of formal church meetings, to be honest, which are few and far in between, that Jesus is never the topic of our conversation? Sports, food, shopping, family, vacations, movies, everything we talk about except him with someone we say is a brother in Christ. You might know what your friend's favorite movie is. You might know what their favorite food and beer is. But you have no idea, no clue how they're doing spiritually. How their faith is. And maybe neither do they know how you're doing. Why is this? And my guess, sometimes, not all the time, it might be because what has brought you together with these people, your shared affinity, what brought you together is not really Jesus, your faith, or whatever it is. It's something else. It's your age. It's your phase of life. It's your interest or hobby. It's something less, not less important, okay? Not less important, just less than God. And if that's the case, guess what? That friendship ultimately will not last. It won't endure. It won't survive. Because when life changes, when people change, when interests change, when circumstances change, it won't last when you think you're not getting what you want anymore. And so we say, well, friends, come and go. Stages and seasons of life shift. Friendship, particularly the Christian kind, if it's going to last, it needs to be grounded in something far more stable, far more enduring, than just me and my personal affinities. I'm gonna date myself, you know, but I think it was back in the 80s. I don't listen to Christian music that much, but, um, you know, if you went to church back then, you know of this guy named Michael W. Smith, right? Michael W. Smith. He was pretty big. He still does concerts. He's old now, but he has this. And if you're you know around my generation, you know this one song back in college that all the kids used to sing at the end of the school year. It's called Friends Are Friends Forever. Remember this song, some of you? Friends are Friends Forever. I cringe when I hear that song. I cringe. But the chorus goes: friends are friends forever. If the Lord is the Lord of them, if the Lord is the Lord of them, here's what I want to challenge you, those of us here are at least in the church, there's got to be a difference with your faith and someone else. That, that has to make some kind of difference in your relationship, right? Even if you engage with, with, with non-Christians or, or people on the fence and you, you love them, you hang out with them, but you have faith and maybe they're struggling, it, that's got to make a difference in how you engage. There must be, if that's the deepest foundation of our lives, is that the biggest common value that we have? It's got to make some kind of difference. Doesn't it? Does it in your friendships? We all need friends. The gospel is about making friends. But he's the foundation. And you make him the foundation. You make him the foundation, and then you can build on it. Then you start building on it. You start working on intimacy. You start working on vulnerability. You start working on being there for each other. You build on it, but that's the foundation. Okay, that's it. That's all I'm gonna talk about friends now. never gonna talk about it again. All right, go make some friends. But, uh, the next slide. Uh, I had discussed this already, uh, shared this with uh, the women in our church last Sunday, uh, something that I've been planning and and, and working on. Uh, It's a ministry, okay? An opportunity open to everyone in the church, not just the ladies, but also the men, all right? Uh, To make use of a, a ministry where you can, deepen or grow or create new friends, right? And I need to be very clear. I'm going to lay it out for you. We're calling this, again, I'm bad at marketing, but we're going to just call this life groups, okay? Sojourner life groups, because that's what this purpose is. You're actually going to share life, all right? But in a certain way, all right? The second slide. The goal of sojourner life groups, in light of everything that we talked about, is this. To forge new friendships and or... Deepen old ones that are intentionally and deliberately, three things, Bible-based, gospel-centered, and faith-encouraging, okay? So there's a specific goal. This is not just another hangout, okay? This is, this is purposeful. The meeting here is going to be intentional, and there's going to be structure, okay? But the third thing, here's the focus. If we look at the focus, just three things. The focus of these meetings, head, there's going to be a little bit of the Word. It's not a Bible study, okay? You don't have to be a Bible study leader to to be part of this group. I'm not going to lead it for you, right? But there is going to be some Word. There's going to be some Bible there to kind of think about, read, and, and, and then, you know, apply in our lives. And then the second goal here, the second focus is our heart. We learned something about God, and now we want to learn something about each other. But the purpose of that meeting, ultimately, maybe not right away, but ultimately, there's some accountability, there's some vulnerability, and there's a development of intimacy, of sharing and growing. And lastly, third, hands. Every meeting will end with prayer, and it needs to be praying for one another, and also praying about how to apply, how to put into action some of the things that you've shared, or some of the things that you've learned. Okay? Next slide. How are we going to do this? I'm, I I don't want to start anything in the church that's not going to last. All right, it's a waste of time, right? Uh, if I say this and no one wants to do it, that's fine. You don't want to do it, it's fine. It's completely voluntary. Your community groups are there, uh, your existing friendships are there, and it does enough for you, and you feel like you don't need to do this, that's, that's great, that's awesome. Then you don't need to do it. It's completely voluntary. And second thing is, it's also flexible, okay? This is meant to be loosely structured so that those of you who participate in this, you take the time you work it out. You get to meet people. You decide how long you want it to last each meeting, right? You decide how deep it can go according to the, you know, the questions that you might have. So it's flexible, all right? But there is a, what we need is this. We are not good at just spontaneously and naturally engaging with our faith, right? We're just not good at it. Some of us, a lot of us, we need a little bit of structure to get us going, and that's all I'm providing, a little bit of structure. And so this is what we're going to do. I'm putting together seven total meetings, seven meetings. I'm going to give you a little bit of that structure by giving you some material and some questions for, some, you know, for your meeting. What that meeting is going to entail is that it's going to be groups, and this is what I recommend, groups of at least two at most, five. Ultimately, I'm going to let you decide. You want to do it with 10, 15 people? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go for it. It's not a community group. Community group is fellowship. Community group, if we catch up. Community group, we try and share a little bit. It's a larger group. This is meant to be more intimate. You decide, but consider this. Every person in your group needs to be at the meeting. You can't just say, well, I can't make it today. And they need to be at the meeting, which means the larger the group you have, the harder it's going to be to meet up. And also, the larger the group you have, the harder it's going to be to really get deep in some sort of confidential, personal, intimate way. Try doing that with more than six, seven, eight people. You need a lot more time. So the recommendation is at least one other person. I think that's actually the best. Someone you know already, someone that you kind of know, and then you just want to get a little deeper in this level, or maybe a few people. But you decide. You decide, okay? Secondly, the content and the questions will be geared towards knowing God, knowing each other, and encountering prayer, uh, accountability and prayer. That, that's what we've already said. It's going to be very basic, very general. You don't need a Bible scholar to be part of the group, okay? But you'll be able to handle it on your own. And you'll be given that question. The aim here is to complete at least... Those seven meetings, these three things, what's the content is, and then reevaluate. We'll reevaluate this after three or four months. I'll give you three or four months. If you haven't finished by then, then take your time. But I want to evaluate in three or four months. How did it go for you? What could we do better? Right? What can we what can we work on here? What material do we need? All right. What what what's what's hard here? And we'll reevaluate. So this is, a, this is a just, it's just a beginning, all right? It's just a, to just a see how things go um, and, and we can do this. Now, uh, this is open to both men and women here, but it's men with men and women to women, all right? So some of you guys who are still single, this is not meant to build intimacy with other single women, okay? It's, it's men to men and women to women. Now, um, when, all right? The next and the last slide, when? Within the next two weeks, if you're interested, you can sign up with young men. okay? You sign up with young Min, and you can do this two ways. You sign up with the group or the people that you want to do it with together, if you're doing that way, or if you're open to whoever it is, you sign up as a single person, as, as one person, and we'll find you or match you with someone who is available. But I just want you to know, if you do that, You have to be open to whatever you're matched with, all right? You don't come back to me and say, hey, you know what? I don't want to do it, this person. (laughs) No, no, that's what it means. And so we need to be open to that. If you're open to that and and, and maybe you're not sure, you know anyone well enough, you're open, just sign up and and we'll place you somewhere, okay? So it's, it's either a group or as an individual. There's no pressure. But if you sign up, it is a commitment. It is a commitment. And it's just seven meetings. Could be an hour long at the most you could do it anywhere you want to do it if you have to do it on zoom okay fine but preferably in person right and then we reevaluate it and the purpose of this is this once you're done you do it again you could do it again with another person right this is not one and done deal you're not finding your best friends and marrying them okay you're getting to know and deepen relationships that are already there. So, you know, there's a lot of people maybe you want to get to know, but you want to start somewhere, so start with one, finish that, move on to the next person, and develop and grow this way. Okay? And so we need to work on it, and uh, we're going to start it. And so I would like to officially kick it off starting in October. Again, this is not something you have to do, but it's something that I think we need, some of us need, and hopefully we can make it a very fruitful and productive program, all right? This is not another community group, okay? Just to kind of reiterate that. It's meant to be more intimate, more closer, to have someone to confide, to talk, to pray with and for, right, that you just can't do in a larger setting. That's all it is, all right? If you have any questions uh, for me, uh, please come ask me after service and I'll try to do the best I can. If you're afraid of intimacy, um, don't worry. You get to share as much as you want. The questions aren't going to be asking you your deepest, most personal sins. Unless you want to, right? So it really is up to you. It's really what you make of it. I'm just giving you a little bit of structure to do what might help. That's all it is. All right? Okay. So keep that in mind. Um, Let me take some time to pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, the church. We pray, Lord, as we continue to grow, as we continue to try and do things um, for the benefit and blessing of the church, we ask that you would uh, help us to not only just be open, but thoughtful, intentional. Um, help us to think through, Lord, uh, not just now and here, but also in the future, how we want to progress, how we want to grow, It's personally, individually, but also corporately uh, as a church, and we pray that you would continue um, to help us to think through uh, the things that, that we as Christians and people who are thinking through Christianity to really move forward um, in our life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, um, at this time we go right into uh, membership and uh, we have the privilege of recognizing new members um, to the church. So uh, if I could ask uh, the, the new members to come follow come to the front, and I think uh, Brian and Irene, Melissa, if you can come to the front. Now, uh, as they come up, we have a, another person, Chiwon, she was also supposed to do today. She just texted me uh, in the middle of service saying that she was here around but she couldn't get to the parking lot so she gave up and she went home, okay? Uh, <laughs> so, so what we're going to do, Just come. Just, uh, you can sit over here, yeah. Just face the congregation, okay. Um, so we're going to do, if you, if you haven't met Chiwon, uh, she's another sister, been in our church for a while. We're probably, I'm shooting to do her next week. We'll do a membership next week, because next week we also have another membership, a brother by the name of Sam, Sam and So he will be here next week, and then we'll do it again. I can't get everyone at the same time, it's been hard, so we're going to just start with... Uh, these guys hopefully you've seen them around you you know they've been coming to our church for some time maybe you've introduced yourself you've gotten to know them um as i look at this group this is probably one of the sweetest nicest kindest new membership groups we've ever had all right very you know on the quiet side but maybe not really but uh genuine and good hearts um Brian and Irene, they live in this area in Hackensack, right? Maybe the youngest couple in our church. Um, And Melissa's been here for for several months now. She's in the process of moving, um, but she has connections already within the church and um, she's looking for a a community such as ours and has finally made the commitment. And so um, what I want to do is I want to ask them some questions and then uh, you will just respond with an I do, okay? Um, I just want to reiterate something. Uh, membership isn't just, hey, you're, you're part of the club now, okay? <laughs> that's, that's not what membership is. And I think those of us who are members, uh, we need to be reminded of the promises that we said we made because oftentimes we break them, all right? Membership first means this, that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only requirement. That's the only requirement that we pretty much have to be a part of our church officially, okay? But it's probably the most important thing. Membership is not so important to me. It's your relationship with Christ, and that's where I need to clarify. But having said that, all right, after membership, now there's obligation, all right? There's some obligation, and there's some expectations. The expectation is, one, that there's some access to leadership and and ministry and, and, and privileges of membership, which we've already discussed. But it also means, as a member, you have obligations, all right, you have obligations. The only obligation that I have from a member is at least this, you come to church. If you don't come to church, you are unfaithful to your membership vows. So basic. Okay? But that's all I expect, right? And if you don't, well, then we need to work on it, all right? Again, if you're a visitor here, um, you're free to do whatever you want. So it's wonderful to be a visitor, okay? But they've made the choice. It's too late. Um, So let me ask you guys the question. If I could ask you to raise your right hand uh, together. You just respond uh, with a a loud, as loud as you can, I do. And I'll just ask you this. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving displeasure without hope, save in his sovereign mercy? Okay. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the son of God and savior of sinners? Do you receive to rest upon him alone for your salvation as it's offered in the gospel? Okay. Do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? I do. And do you also submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? I do. Thank you. Okay, put your hands down. Let me pray for them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your work in our lives. We thank you so much for the church. Uh, uh, The church is important, especially for those of us who are of faith. And uh, you made it important, and um, it should be important to many of us here. And so therefore, help us to understand our own commitments, at whatever level it is, um, how important they ought to be. But Lord, through those commitments, we pray that we understand not what it means to be a good member of a local church, but also, Lord, what it means to be a faithful Christian, what it means to be a Christian who's not perfect, who doesn't know everything, but Lord is willing to move forward and to know and to understand and grow together in a community that will offer some accountability of some kind. We pray also, Lord, that you would help us as a church to be better faithful members, fellow members, to others in the church. That's very difficult, especially many years have gone by. Uh, Many things can happen and uh, we are ultimately all sinners and we struggle in many ways, but Lord, uh, you have brought us together ultimately for what we have just heard, our greatest affinity found in you. So help us Lord to be better members to one another, better brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray God for those of us here who are not sure of of, of membership or not even sure of christianity we ask lord that help them to know that they're accepted either way to worship with us to 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 fellowship with us to do everything together we also pray lord that they'd also see uh what christians do see in you and not something that is or to be avoided or to be not uh even to be just not you know not to hate it, but Lord, just to be attracted to it. Help us to reflect that to, to everyone around us and help us to encourage that as well. And so Lord, as we recognize again how you add to the church, how you sustain it, how you grow it, uh, we pray for their well-being and spiritual nurture. We pray for the members' um, continual growth and conviction and challenge. And we also pray for uh, a heart of patience and mercy and grace, and also a heart to serve according to your word. And so thank you for uh, these brothers and sisters in Christ, and we pray in Christ's name, amen.